tax day is coming. Oh, no. But if you sign up for Robinhood Gold's IRA with a 3% match, you can get up to $195 for the 2023 tax year. Oh, yeah. Sign up at Robinhood.com slash boost by tax day to get the biggest contribution match on the market. Subscription fees apply. Investing involves risk. 3% match requires gold for one year from first match. Must keep IRA for five years. Robinhood Financial LLC, member SIPC. This is the day that the Lord has made. Let us rejoice and be glad in it. Good evening, everybody. Good evening. Amen. Pastor Lena is having some technical difficulties. I'm trying to get her squared away. I am on another assignment. So everybody could just hold.
and we're going to get her going in a second, okay? All right. Hello, can you hear me? Yeah. Okay. Amen. Amen. All right. We're so everybody's good now? Yeah. Yeah. All right. We're going to get started with our Bible study lesson. Um, we apologize for the technical challenges, but we know how technology can be. Amen. Um, Amen. Let's begin with the word of prayer. God, we thank you and we praise you. Father, we magnify and glorify your name. Lord, we lift you up and we give you all the glory, honor, and praise. Now, Father, as we're studying this lesson on tonight, we're asking, O oh God, that you would speak to our hearts, speak to our minds, open up our understanding, O oh God, that we may draw closer to you through your word. In the master's name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. As we're studying, as we've been studying, we're looking at um, the believer's authority, the authority in which we walk in as believers, um, not only as believers, um, but as people of God. He has ordained that we have a certain level of authority and that we walk in this authority. Um, It's amazing because, um, I, I always notice that whatever it is that we're studying or whatever I'm teaching, I always manage to seem to have an, a test for myself on uh, mastery <laughs> the lesson. So I've been having um, some challenging, a challenging week last week at work, and this week is trying to kick off to be a challenge. And this morning as I was driving in, the Holy Spirit reminded me of what I've been teaching um, as far as the believer's authority is concerned. And so you teach it, so you have to also walk in it in every area. So it was just kind of funny to me, but um, I thank God for reminding me. And that's what he will do. He will bring back to your remembrance things that you have learned, things that you have studied, things that you have um, made agreements to. He'll bring those things back to your to your memory so that you can be a better person and walk in all that he has for you. So tonight we're going to talk about um, uh, the crowning glory of creation. Mankind is God's crowning glory. Um, Our first script is going to come out of the book of Psalms. If you want to find that while we're um, discussing, it's going to be Psalms, the eighth chapter, starting at verse 3. And I just want to pose the question to you, how do you see yourself in a spiritual walk? From the spiritual point of view, how do you see yourself? Um, and your spiritual point of view of yourself should uh, correlate and coincide with your natural point of view of yourself. Um, when we think about ourselves, we think about how, and look at our young our children, how they're struggling and they're suffering a lot from poor self-images and poor self-esteem, um, believe it or not, even in the Christian walk as adults, we suffer from some of those same things, poor self-image and poor self-esteem. However, when we come to the knowledge of God and knowing who 
we are, and not just who we are, but whose we are, realizing the authority, realizing the power and how we were created to be such such awesome creatures in the earth, it'll help to cultivate and build your spiritual self-esteem as well as your natural um, self-esteem. We have to see ourselves in the right vein, though. We have to see ourselves for who we are because God has created us to be, um, as we're going to read in the scripture, just a little lower than the angels. Um, God has created us with a specific purpose in mind. We all have a purpose in which we were created. And sometimes we have to be careful because the enemy will try to dupe us into believing that we're descendants of something else, that we're not worthy, that we're not good enough, we're not smart enough, that we can't do certain things. But God tells us in his word that we can do all things through him who gives us strength. We have to remember that God has created us to be magnificent creatures, um, and we're designed in his likeness and his image. So, I mean, if nothing else, that alone should give you a spunk of, of encouragement in your self-esteem walk. If someone could read for me um, Psalms, the eighth chapter, beginning at verses three and four. Hello. Hello. Did I lose you? Yeah. Yeah. You can hear me? No, I didn't. You can't hear my mom? Uh uh-uh. uh. You heard her? Nope, still didn't hear anything. Okay, so I'll read it. That's all I'm messing up. When I consider your heaven, the work of your fingers, the moon and the stars, which you have set in place, what is man that you are mindful of him, the son of man that you care for him? That's too much. We have friction. We're too close. (laughs) Sorry. Okay. (laughs) Here King David is pondering the thought about mankind. He's thinking about man's role amongst all the things that God has created. And he wonders, um, you know, what is man? And how do we rank in in, in, – priority in God's eye. And anytime you want to know something about a particular thing, you always go to the manufacturer. If you are trying to put something together, trying to put some pieces together and you don't really know how to do it, you have to go to the manufacturer. A lot of times if you put something together, the manufacturer will send you some instructions. You know, and even though they send instructions, sometimes the instructions are not clear 
or you don't understand it, they always have a 1-800 number that you can call. You call the manufacturer to find out how to put a particular thing together or how to understand a particular thing. Well, because God created man in order to understand man and anything you want to know about man, you need to go back to the manufacturer. You need to go back to God. And so David himself pondered this question. He says, uh, what is man that you are mindful of him, that you consider him, um, and that you visited him? What is man? What, what is it about this, this man that you have done all this for uh, him? Um, and so David asked the question. But when he asked the question, he, he got an answer from God. Um, this question that he asked is very vital. Um, and I think it's a question that could be asked today only because I don't think men really, really realize who we are. And when I say man, I'm, I'm speaking mostly of the believer. We don't really understand who we are or whose we are. Later on in our study, we're going to begin to look at um, Job, and we'll understand and we'll see how Job was so blessed and so uh, had so much favor from God. And these are the same things that God desired for us to have from him. Blessings and favor are ours. Um, David got his answer in verses 5 and 6 when it says, For you have made him a little lower than angels. You have crowned him with glory and honor. You have made him to have dominion over the works of your hands. You have put all things under his feet. So that's amazing. He has... He gave the, the full clarity of, of the value of man and how important man is to God. He says you made him just a little lower than the angels. Okay? He went on to say that he gave him dominion over the works of his hands. So everything that God has made, God made man, gave man dominion or power or authority over those things. And then he put all things under his feet. Um, this is the power and the authority that we walk in. As believers, this is the power and the authority that has been given to us by our Father. So often we don't walk in that authority. We don't declare and stand boldly on the authority that's given to us. Now, be careful, be careful, because I don't want to lead anyone into any type of misconception. Um, when we make declarations and when we're standing bold and strong on, on situations in our lives, they need to line up with God's word. I'm reminded of a story I heard some years ago about a woman who told this man that um, she was his wife. This man, like, uh, she, she went and told him, she said, God told me that I'm going to be your wife. And the man was looking at her like she was kind of crazy because, first of all, she was out of order. Because <laughs> the Bible says he that finds a wife finds a good thing. He didn't say she that finds a husband finds a good thing. And um, then after she told him that, you know, the man shook his head. He said, well, he said, I don't know what God you're talking to, but the God I serve didn't tell me anything like that. So uh, I said that to say that when we are making declarations and when we are standing bold on different situations, we have to make sure that it lines up with God's word and God's will for our lives. Um, so we know what his word and his will is for us. It's for us to, to be prosperous and to be in good health. So when you stand and you declare that cancer has to die, 
that you that cancer cannot take you out and you're standing boldly on the word of God and you're saying by his stripes you are healed. You know what I'm saying? That he was wounded for your transgression, he was bruised for your iniquity and uh, by his stripes you are healed. When you're standing and utilizing those principles of God's word as your foundation for what you're standing on, then you have that power authority to come against that which is trying to attack you or seeking to destroy you. But when you are standing on things that are not not in his will or not in his word, it is not in his word for you to seek out husband as women. It is not in his word for you uh, and not only was she seeking him um, as a woman looking for a husband, but he was already married to somebody else. Mm-hmm. So, uh, not that lined up with God's word because uh, he already had a wife. <laughs> so he wasn't even looking for a wife while she was making this bold declaration that this man was going to be her husband. And so we have to be careful. Um, one way that we can... Um, ensure that when we make our, our bold declarations, when we um, stand on, stand firm on God's word and uh, know that it is his will and his word for us, for our lives, is one, that we have to know the word. Amen? If you don't know the word, you can't declare the word. If you don't know the word, you can't stand on the promises of the word. Because what happens is when you don't know the word, it's so easy to get caught up in the itchy the church fans, the church cliches, and the church uh, sounds good, it feels good, but it has no validity. Amen? Amen. Um, when it goes on when, in verses 5 and 6, when he talks about that um, God made him a little Lord angel, we want to understand that when we look at this word angels here, in this passage, angels is um, the Hebrew meaning for the word angels. It's Elohim. And when we think about Elohim, we know that that's translated as God. So God made us a little lower than him. Amen? Um, Amen. Um, God uh, made human, I guess, a little lower than himself, which is creatures. Um, our power and our authority. So he made us like right next to him, right, right at his at his way. And so with that being said, we know that we walk in a strong authority and power, but we have to walk in it. You know, we can't uh, sidestep. We can't allow um, stuff to mislead us and misguide us and get caught up in all the whims and the itchy uh, doctrines that's going forth in the earth on today. Amen. Amen. Matthew 28 and 18 tells us, it's just James, Jesus came, <laughs> James, Jesus came and spoke to them saying, all the authority has been given to me in heaven and on earth. The authority that Jesus walked in has also been shared with us. Um, if you, there's another verse of scripture that says that he, that we would do greater works. Well, in order for us to do greater works is we, we have to have some authority and some power to do the works. It's impossible for us to do greater works if we have no authority or no power. Um, and uh, again, I think sometimes we take our authority and our power lightly. We don't uh, walk in it to the fullest effect that God has 
ordained for us to walk in it. And so a lot of times we miss it or we find ourselves in challenging situations and we are afraid to get out of them or afraid to walk out of them because we are not um, aware of the authority that has been given to us. If we look at Hebrews, oh, any questions before I go on? I'm sorry. Uh Okay. Um, When we stand in our authority in the name of Jesus, we have the same authority. Um, Luke 8, 22 and 25 says, he commands even the winds and the water, and they obey him. So we're standing in that same authority to to call for um, obedience to the things that he made. Go back to the scripture. That's what it said. So he would give us dominion over the, you have made him a little, you have given him dominion over the works of your hands. You have put all things under his feet. That's out of Psalms. But he give us dominion, power, authority to speak and cause things to happen, um, to declare changes and changes occur. And, you know, and I often, my mind keeps kind of flowing back to the fact that I know missionaries for Christ as a group of believers, we know the work of God's hand. We've seen him move. We've seen how us coming together and on one accord and seeking his face on a particular situation, how he has moved and caused things to happen for the benefit of the body of Christ. Amen? Yeah. Think about this. Just think about this just for a thought. What are some areas in your own life that you still need to exercise authority over and dominion? And I think sometimes I, I look at, at families, how sometimes even in families we we find ourselves not walking in our full authority, uh, walking in fear or walking in, well, uh, tipping toes. You don't want to step on nobody's toes. You don't want anybody to, to be upset. So you don't tell people what is right. You don't tell people what is true. Um, you don't love on certain people who need love. Because if you love on this person, this person going to be upset or that person going to be jealous. You know, so we have to get out of that because in order for us as believers to um, be a cause of impact or change in the world, we have got to do some things and we have to be bold about some of the things that we do. Now, are we seeking to cause friction or cause uh, a disturbance? By no means, but we are seeking to stand firm on God's word. And we are seeking to see that God's word goes forth in the earth, and it goes forth through us, through us living it, through us teaching it, through us preaching it. It goes forth through us. Amen? Amen. Amen. Um, Let's go over to the book of Job, the first chapter. Job was uh, a prime example of a man of authority that operated and walked in his authority. We see how... Um, Job had an abundance of blessings and favor from God because of the authority that he walked in. But not only did he walk in a certain authority, Job had a character about him that also fostered him being able to be in that uh, position that God had placed him in. Job, um, the Bible says that he was a perfect and an upright man. If someone wants to read Job, ooh. One and one. Read all the way down to verse three. 
There was a man in the land of Uz, whose name was Job, and that man was blameless and upright, and one who feared God and shunned evil. And seven sons and three daughters were born to him. Also his possessions were 7,000 sheep, 3,000 camels, 500 yoke of oxen, 500 female donkeys, and a very large household, so that this man was the greatest of all the people of the East. Amen. So um, a lot of times Job is looked at, and we're just looking at how he suffered. Um, Job suffered, he suffered greatly um, because of the calamity that hit his household, um, hit his finances, and also hit, attacked his wealth. Um, however, Job was a blessed man. The Bible starts out by saying that he was a blameless and upright man one who feared God and shunned evil. So that's one of the characteristics that Job had that also helped to foster God being able to trust him, okay, to be able to trust him um, with all of this wealth, with all of this favor, not get the big head because he was blameless and upright. Amen? Amen. We know that despite all of the attacks that came upon Job, Job was an overcomer. And his story, when you read his story, his story demonstrates faith, dominion, and authority. Those are things that he demonstrated throughout the entire book of Job when you read the story of Job. Um, think about his wealth. It says that he had 3,000 sheep, 3,000 camels, 500 oxen, and donkey, a large household of servants. Anybody that had that much stuff, you, you consider them rich, without a doubt. Job was a rich man. Satan had knowledge of Job's riches and the provisions and protection that God had for him. So it was ironic to me that as I read and was studying this particular portion of the lesson, it talked about how Job was blessed. But in his blessing, God gave him also provision and protection. God will protect you when he blesses you. Because he understands that we are in the center of the bullseye, first of all, because we love him and because we seek to please him and we seek to live for him. So that places us from the outer perimeter of the bull's eye to the center of the bull's eye. And when I talk about the bull's eye, I'm talking about uh, for the attack of the enemy. So when you pretty much are living a life that satisfies him, you pretty much are on the outer perimeter of that bull's eye. He's okay with Satan, is okay with you. But the moment that you choose God as your Lord and your Savior and you seek to live for him, you move from the outer perimeter to the center of the bull's eye. So say, uh, Job is in the center of the bull's eye, and when we're in the center of the bull's eye, God is not only going to give us provision, but he's also going to give us protection. If we could see how much God protects us from day to day, I bet you would blow our mind. I couldn't even imagine all the things that he protects us from as we're traveling uh, from uh, throughout the day, from work to home, from here to there, and even inside of our homes. Um, because we know that the enemy's 
um, tactics and his uh, delivery of harm is not just outside of your home. People are being harmed inside of their own homes. So, but God is a God of protection. He will protect us. Amen. Um, Amen. Satan proposed a question to to God, and here I got to a point where I kind of disagree with this particular author because he says that this this was a misunderstanding. It's a misunderstanding that God actually invited uh, Satan to attack Job. But when I went back to the scripture and I read it in various translations, um, it it simply says, "Have you not considered my servant Job?" Um, and almost every translation says the same thing: "That have you not considered?" So to me, that says that he was offering Job up. Well, he could offer Job up because he could trust Job. He knew that Job was a man who was blameless and upright, one who feared God and shunned evil. Because of his fear of God, his reverence for God, no matter what the enemy tried, no matter what Satan tried to put upon him, he was still going to love and respect God, even to the point that when his wife came in and began to tell him, why don't you just cuss God and die, Job refused to accept that mandate and say, I won't do that. His faith in God was so powerful. His, his, his authority and his walk with God and his relationship was so meaningful to him that it did not matter what was happening to him. He still trusts God. Amen? Amen. Any questions or thoughts before we move on? Okay. Um. This particular author goes on to even here. I mean, he kind of uh, disagreed with a couple of things. He not only disagreed with that, but he disagreed about um, verse 21 where Job says, Naked I came from my mother's womb, and naked shall I return there. The Lord gave, and the Lord has taken away. Blessed be the name of the Lord. Um, and he, he talked about how God doesn't take things away. But let mm-hmm. me just say this. God may not take things away, but he surely will remove and prune things from our lives. He will cut away some things from our lives that may be hindering us from bearing fruit. So if he's pruning it or he's cutting it away or removing things that in the way that's keeping us from being what he would have us to be uh, for the kingdom, that's taken away to me. I don't know if anybody else has, have a different opinion of that. But you are welcome to share. When I see that, when I read that, when I think about that, um, I think about when I used to have plants in my home. Sometimes I would have to prune those plants. I would have to cut away the bad leaves or cut away the the damaged roots that may be present. So when I cut it away, what am I doing? I'm removing it. Anybody want to share any thoughts on that? I think it's bad. Um, when you look at when you look at the uh, grass grow, um, when I watch mm-hmm. the people cut their lawns, when they cut their lawns and they leave the dead stuff in the grass, mm-hmm. they don't like rake it up. It kills mm-hmm. off the grass. So removing mm-hmm. the stuff that is not you know in line or not good or not right. Um, Helps you to be able to grow more as long as you 
stay or attached or as long as you have things on um ways that you have about yourself or you know things that you do that's not in line with the will of god it still has the chance or opens the door to allow the enemy to be able to use that um as an avenue to get you off track amen and, and i and i definitely agree wholeheartedly um with that i think about um even with hair um people who have longer hair they have a tendency to go and they get their ends clipped and they get the ends clipped on a regular basis as needed because sometimes those ends start growing a little crazy. And in order for the hair, if you want it to grow, to continue to really grow, you have to keep those ends clipped. You have to keep the hair nurtured. You know what I'm saying? So uh, pruning or cutting away is a way of nurturing things so that they can grow. Um, I even uh, thought about... Um, the, the the phrase in the Bible, the, the scripture that says, in the year that King Uzziah died. So when Uzziah died, um, he was able to see the Lord high and lifted up. So sometimes we have some Uzziahs in our lives that need to be removed, okay? They may they might have come in in the beginning as a blessing, but sometimes those, they have to be removed from our lives because they become uh, a stumbling block or they become a hindrance. Um, they they stunt your growth, and not always with the intention to stunt your growth, but sometimes it just happens like that. Um, I think about as parents, sometimes we stunt our children's growth. Sometimes we have to, our children have to be uh, removed away from us so that they can grow up. Um, I think college is one of the best things in the world. If they go away to college, most of the time they grow up. Um, and I just saying this from my own household, the ones that did not leave home and go away to college. Those are the ones that we still struggle with uh, being more, more mature. You understand what I'm saying? It's taking them longer to grow up and, and be mature about the things of adult life. And so some things have to be taken away in order for us to grow. Amen? Amen. Uh, John 15, 15th chapter, verses 1 uh, through 5, it's talking about us as believers bearing fruit which is something that God has called us to do, and that is to bear fruit. And if we're not bearing fruit, uh, we're like the fig tree. We're really good for nothing. It says, I am the true vine, and my Father is the vine dresser. Every branch in me that does not bear fruit, he takes away. And every branch that continues to bear fruit, he repeatedly prunes, cut away, so that it will bear more fruit, even richer and finer fruit. And I'm reading out of the Amplified Bible. You are uh, already clean because of the word which I have given you, the teachings which I have discussed with you. Remain in me and I will remain in you. Just as no branch can bear fruit by itself without remaining in the mind, neither can you bear fruit producing evidence of your faith unless you remain in me. And so here even in John, it's talking about pruning. So there's some things that have to be taken away. There's some things that have to be cut away in order for you to continue to bear fruit and bear more fruit and even bear richer, finer fruit, as the scripture has, is saying here um, out of the Amplified Bible. So this is what God is looking for us to do. And as we're bearing fruit, we're also blessed. Amen. We're, are we blessed to be a blessing? We're able to, to bless others. And even if it's not necessarily um, 
Uh, we don't want to get blessings confused with always material things, but we're blessed with good health. We're blessed to have a sane mind. We're blessed to have the activity of our limbs. We're blessed to have family. Best to have. I mean, like there's so many things, so many blessings that we actually have. And we're so rich in those blessings that we don't even really uh, a lot of times consider them the way we probably should consider them because God is rich in blessings. And he, if we just sat down and, and took out a pencil and a piece of paper and just began to write down how God has blessed us and all the many blessings that he has given us just on today alone, you probably would get writer's cramp trying to, um, get, to write everything down. Your mind probably couldn't even remember all the things, the fact that your heart is beating on its own, the fact that your blood is flowing on its own. You didn't have to go to no dialysis. You're not taking no uh, insulin shots. You're not, you know, you're not going to any chemotherapy. You know, you're not walking around with an oxygen tank. All these things are blessings to us because none of us are above being the person that has to do those things. None of us are. Uh, amen. We understand that there are some things that happen in life that uh, we won't ever fully understand, and it's okay. But Job makes that statement, makes a statement that sounds like God delights in giving. No. Um, as Job's trials were on the way, even his wife became praise and gave some poor advice and I want to bring out this thought because it's important for us to surround ourselves with people who speak life, people who walk in faith, people who believe in God and God's word. Um and the one person may not be all of those because you can you can have a Muslim that speaks life. You can have a, a, a what? A Catholic that has faith, but you don't want to be around people who are, don't have belief and don't have faith. So when the trials of life come upon you, instead of them encouraging you, they are like Job's wife, discouraging you. Just curse God and die. Could you imagine how many people? Uh, well, we have a lot of people that have died anyway, but uh, how many people would be dead when the AIDS epidemic first came out and uh, they just, uh, they was like, it's a death sentence, and now you have so many people living past what they claimed the death sentence was way back when they first came out? Think about cancer. How many people have lived past cancer? Somewhere along the way, I'm I'm just led to believe that there was some faith that came about. There was some determination that says, I'm not going to die. I don't care what yeah. y'all say. I don't care what the cancer diagnosis is. I don't care what the AIDS diagnosis is. I'm not going to die. I'm not going to give up. And these, this is how we have yeah. to be as believers. We cannot fall subject to the diagnosis and the uh, uh, misconceptions that are given to us. We are believers that walk in the authority of Christ. We can speak God's word over any circumstance and cause that thing to change. Why? Because God's word has power, and he gives us the same power. When we speak his word, it's like him speaking his word. 
And that's why it's important for us to learn what the word says so that our conversation will be the word, not just our own idea of thinking, but our conversation will be what the word of God says. Because the more you speak it, the stronger you will become, the more powerful and the more bold you'll be able to stand because you walking in the authority that has been given to you. Remember, God made man just a little lower than angels. When we look at angels at that in this particular um, instance of that, that um, scripture, it is referred to as Elohim. Elohim means God. So God made us just a little lower than him. And then he gave us his authority to walk in. Amen. Amen. Any questions or thoughts before we move on? Um, Let me share with you um, James, the first chapter, verses 16 and 17. And this is out of a different translation. It says, do not be deceived, my beloved brethren. Every good thing given and every perfect gift is from above, coming down from the Father of light, whom whom there is no variation or shifting um, shadow. Every good and perfect gift comes from God. Amen. Amen. Our food for thought for tonight is before Job's restoration, um, many things had been stolen from him by Satan, his health, his possessions, and even his children. Have you ever experienced similar losses in the past? If so, I want to encourage you tonight to take a stand of faith on God's promises today. Boldly asking the Lord to restore anything that the devil has stolen from you. Remember at the end of Job, Job 42, I think it's 42 and 6. Let me just check to make sure where Job talks about um, how he blessed his friends. And upon him blessing his friends, then God um, restored unto him. Uh, Job 42, 6. I'm sorry, one second. where it talks about his friends came and they, and Job blessed them. Um, sorry, not six. Actually starts around verse, okay, let's start at verse seven. And it was so that after the Lord had spoken these words unto Job, the Lord said to Elphaz, the Temite, my wrath is kindled, kindled against thee and against thy two friends, for ye have not spoken of me the thing that is right as my servant Job had. Therefore, take unto you now seven bullocks and seven rams and go to my servant Job and offer up yourselves as a burnt offering. My servant Job shall pray for you. My servant Job shall pray for you. For him I will accept, least I deal with you after your folly. 
and that you have not spoken of me, the thing which is right like my servant Job. So Job was suffering, and he continued to speak what was right about the Lord. So Elphaz, Elphaz the Kenamite, and Bildad the Shunite, and Zophar the Naamite went and did according to the Lord, commanded them. The Lord also accepted Job, and the Lord turned the captivity of Job when he prayed for his friends. Also, the Lord gave Job twice as much as he had before. So uh, Job was uh, extremely blessed because even throughout his suffering, he never turned his back on the Lord. He never turned his way from the Lord. And in doing so, the Lord honored that. He honored Job's uh, uh, respect for him. He honored Job's love for him and keeping his commandments. And the only way these three guys was going to be saved, Job had to pray for them. The scripture said, Lord, when he was going to accept their prayer, he didn't want to hear what they had to say. So Job had to pray for them, to cover them, the Lord, the Lord would not uh, uh, punish them. And so we understand that we have such an authority that some people are only uh, blessed and covered because of us, because of our prayers, because of our presence, because of our relationship. And I told you before, when we're in relationship uh, or in certain places, those places are blessed and covered because the believers are there. Calamity and uh the type of calamity that may be lurking outside of the building to take place can't take place because the believers are there. And I'm just a firm believer in that. Um, going back to when I worked over at the um, Lutheran school on, over on 83rd Street, the moment that that the Lutherans um, released myself um, and two of my friends who were also believers, not only were we believers, we were prayer partners in that building, and we spent time in prayer. They released all three of us the same year. Guess what? The next year they were closed because financially they could not um, they could not keep the business running um, financially. And so God, as long as we're in a place, God will protect different things because of our presence there. And that's just the authority that we walk in because of whose we are who we belong to. Amen? Amen. Amen. Any questions or thoughts before we close? No questions or thoughts. Amen. Well, um, I thank you guys for tuning in, and hopefully next week we can get right in because all these technical difficulties interferes with us. with our time and our lesson. Um, but I thank you guys for tuning in and being um, steadfast and even during our trying time. Um, just a reminder, on Sunday we will be, the ladies and myself will be going to Original Greater Garfield over on the west side, um, Pastor Mac, and I think Brother Matthew will be going to um, Pastor Corey's church um, and we're going to do the same thing like we always do when we go to a visiting church. Since I will be preaching the word, you can just give Jessica your tithes and offering, um, you know, like that. Amen? Amen. Amen. 
Well, if, it's, if that will be all, we're going to pray for you guys to have a good night, good restful night, and a good, great week. Amen. God, we thank you and we pray for you, Father, we magnify and glorify your name. Lord, we ask you that you will continue to keep watch over us. Father God, as we are studying this lesson, oh God, give us the tools and the directives that we may be able to uh, walk in the word that we're learning. Amen. That we're not just learning the word and just hearing the word, but we want to be doers of your word. Now, Lord, we're asking a special blessing over each and every member of Missionaries for Christ. We're asking that you will cover their households, God, cover their possessions, oh God, cover their minds, cover their hearts. In the master's name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. Good night, guys. Good night.